Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of Communication Mixdown. I'm John Langer. And in fact, it's the final edition of our show for 2020. And what a year it's been. Australia's been in the grip of a crisis, and I'm not referring to the coronavirus crisis. I'm talking about the climate crisis, which started with the monstrous black summer bushfires and is ending with yet another mass coral bleaching on the Great Barrier Reef. And we've just passed through the hottest month of November ever recorded. 57 towns and cities across Australia recorded their hottest November day since records began. Andamooka topped out at 48 degrees centigrade on the 28th of November. What can the community radio sector do at this unprecedented critical moment for the climate and indeed for the future of the planet? This week on Communication Mixdown, we're going to find out. The project's called Warming Up. I talked to two of the project's lead initiators and organizers, Kerry Foxwell-Norton and Bridget Backhouse. Both are attached to Griffith University's Center for Social and Cultural Research, and both have a very lengthy involvement with the community radio sector in Australia. Kerry is a researcher and Bridget as a practitioner. I spoke with them last week. The project's called Warming Up. And Kerry, would you briefly give a bit of a background to the project and what it's aiming to do? Sure. Uh, the idea of the project is to is to action really what we know uh, nationally and internationally about uh, building climate change um, awareness and action and resilience in communities. We know that our efforts must be based locally and must tell local stories and you know, contain all the, the nuances of what it means to live in a place. So warming up uh, takes those ideas and says, well, this is the this is community media is the sector that best speaks t- to those ambitions. You know, we know that where um, community radio stations are situated are places that are really connected with their communities uh, in a way that is required of climate change, communication and action. So Warming Up aims to capitalise on that that situation by enlisting those stations in developing their own resources um, and their own ways of telling the stories of, of climate changes. And it might not be climate change, it might be land and sea changes or changes to local waterways or whatever it might be. Um, however, that community um, thinks is the best way to articulate uh, 
what climate change mean for them and what's the best way that we can support that community um, in building resilience, adaptation and, and mitigation to uh, the climate changes that are here already and certainly forecast. Bridget, I'd like to turn to you now. Um, I've heard that you, you've talked about, about the importance of storytelling and how this is really critical for communicating about climate change. I was wondering if you could expand on this and talk a little bit about how community radio fits in. Absolutely. Well, I think to me, as a former practitioner and now a researcher, storytelling is really at the heart of community radio. You know, it's what we do. We tell local stories in local voices. And that's really crucial when it comes to talking about serious issues like climate change. I mean, it's one thing to sort of wade through you know, journal articles and scientific data sets, but it's a completely a different experience to hear someone from your local community talking about their firsthand experiences with climate change or, you know, climate disasters. So I think that is a really important part of what community radio can bring to a, I guess, a climate change communication perspective, these local stories and the local experiences of climate change. Now, there's a saying that uh, goes around a little bit, and I'm sure you've heard this before, all politics is local. Carrie, I was wondering if I, if I was interpreting your view of things correctly, I think you might say all climate change communication is local. What would you be getting at here, and how does it relate to the value of community radio? Yeah, I think that there is um, truth in that. I don't think that the only way we can... Uh, communicate climate change is 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 local but i think it's um i think that the potential of that local communication is undersold it's often difficult to hear in the din of you know ipc reports and you know uh united nations conferences on climate change uh these local voices uh struggle to be heard in amongst that and i think that that's a place where we could make the most um, the most impact, uh, engagement, and 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 actually difference in terms of preparedness for climate changes. So for mine, climate change um, is not a science problem. The, you know, the science is settled on climate changes, even though you know, there's on, of course ongoing scientific research, but. Um, Climate change is principally a problem of humans. That's why it's called anthropogenic climate change and humans live in communities. And um, that's where they're, that's what they know best. Uh, that's their experience. And so engaging in the complexity of uh, those local communities and finding ways in which we can navigate all those, the diversity within those communities is something that the community radio sector is well positioned to do. It's not a straight line. It's certainly not easy work, uh, but we shouldn't shy away from that complexity uh, because that's who we are as humans and that's who our communities are. And uh, the blanket application of just scientific data is clearly not moving uh, communities in ways that are fostering the type of um, action that's necessary. So what other ways or what other stories might we tell um, in order to uh, ready ourselves and our communities, the places where we're at, because that's where we're going to feel, feel it. We saw that over the over the 2019-2020 bushfire season. Um, what ways we might tell stories that mean and make sense locally, and that necessarily involves uh, uh, local politics, of course. 
the warming up project, as I understand it, has done some preliminary research on different types of climate change communication in community radio, in the community radio sector. Bridget, I was wondering if you could walk us through some of the different types of approaches that have been used and maybe just give us a few examples just to sort of illustrate these approaches. Yeah, absolutely. So the research is at quite an early stage, but you're drawing on some of the literature and some of our early kind of pilot research. We've sort of identified four key areas uh, where the community radio sector really contributes to climate change communication in different ways. Uh, So the first is around disaster readiness, and there's a few different ways that the sector gets involved in this uh, through offering different training courses. Um, a lot of them, quite a few of them are free and available for any volunteers or interested people to join in. So sort of training broadcasters and volunteers to for a potential role in emergency broadcasting is very important. But also in that disaster readiness, we have things like preparing infrastructure. So uh, there were quite a few There were several stations that invested in new infrastructure sort of late last year, and that really enabled them to make a big difference when it came to disaster broadcasting. Of course, um, the stations that were affected by the 2019-2020 bushfires, uh, one of the stations there, Braidwood FM, had just recently installed a new transmitter, which allowed them to reach quite remote areas that were affected by the bushfire but weren't able to access information in any other way. So that, I think, really highlights the importance of that disaster preparedness aspect. Um, The second area is, of course, disaster broadcasting. I mean, it's, I guess, probably the most high-profile climate change communication we see in the sector. Uh, Braidwood FM is another fantastic example of that. And the importance of community radio acting in this capacity has been highlighted recently um, in their Royal Commission into the bushfires. They sort of specifically talked about how community radio played such an important role in protecting communities and sharing this really essential life-saving information. Um, But it's not just fires, of course, it's floods, cyclones, all those kind of emergency situations. Uh, The next area is disaster recovery. And this is sort of obviously not as high profile as the emergency broadcasting aspect, but it is, you know, vitally important still because as the mainstream media leaves these communities, as you know, the headlines start to fade away, that recovery takes place for weeks and months and years. So community radio fills a really special role here. Um, An example of that one would be Triple T in Townsville. Obviously they had some devastating floods up there in January, 2019. So Triple T played a really important role in terms of um, providing information about the cleanup, where you can drop off uh, flood-damaged goods, um, the contractors that were available to work on emergency repairs, um, information about financial assistance, which proved to be um, very important because they changed eligibility rules mid through midway through that kind of cleanup operation. So that was really important. Um, but then they also took quite an a holistic approach, I suppose. Um, they've really focused on the mental health of their community and providing different support services in that sense too. And then they also did, you know, general community morale lifting things like shouting out to their super volunteers and sharing stories of flood heroes and things like that. So it's not just the sharing information aspect. It's also that kind of storytelling local community kind of sense. Um, and then the final area is, of course, climate change content. 
And we see that in a few different areas. The first is, I guess, formal initiatives. Um, the From the Embers podcast from the CBAA is a really amazing example of that. It's just sharing these quite harrowing, very powerful stories of the aftermath of the bushfires. Um, so that's an example of a formal initiative. Um, Pulse FM in Geelong also made, I guess, a formal declaration about the climate emergency. So that was another formal initiative. Uh, and then we also see um, specific programming about climate change. I think it's Earth Matters on 3CR is an example of that one. Um, programs that are really focused on sustain- sustainability, climate change, um, and communicating about those kinds of things. And the final area, and I guess it's sort of what we're doing now really, is not necessarily climate change specific broadcasting, but it's about programs and shows that bring climate change into them. They have general discussions. Uh, It's sort of a less formal way of talking about climate change. And this also comes, you know, from community conversations as well. And it may not necessarily be specifically about climate change. It may not be specifically using those words, but things like, how will this summer be different? How can we prepare for bushfires? Um, an example from Byron is the beach is disappearing. Where's it all going? Um, should the school kids be going on strike? Those are some of the examples of the community conversations that are being raised and facilitated through community radio that aren't necessarily a part of formal programming. So those are the four key areas. Mm, very interesting. I just look, this is a question that just came up. Uh, while you were speaking about this, how did how did you gather the information that you've just talked about in terms of the different radio stations? Do you do you contact them directly, or how do they provide you with that, that sort of information? Um, in a few different ways. I mean, the examples I cited are quite high profile ones, so there is a lot of information out there, and they are quite uh, active, I guess, in the sector space. Um, Braidwood, of course, has been, you know, everywhere at the moment, which is fantastic, sharing their story and their experiences. Um, they also spoke at the recent CBAA conference, which was fantastic. Um, so, I mean, this information has come from sort of desk research that we've been done, but also we've been doing, but also some sort of initial community consultation uh, from the sector. Mm. And can I just add there, John, yes, um, to, to Bridget's response there too, um, that the project is actually geared to finding out more of what's happening in the sector. So, you know, we're really keen to hear from um, from stations um, about any other, uh, any initiatives that they're undertaking or would like to undertake. So, uh, yeah, there's what's already there, but there's, um, there's obviously other things that we won't know about that we're really keen to hear about too. You're listening to Kerry Foxwell-Norton and Bridget Backhouse talk about the innovative role that community radio has played and will play in the future in climate change communication. More after this. The Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion, and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter.
You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. Let's turn to some of the challenges that community radio stations face in the in communicating about climate change. Carrie, what do you see as some of the key challenges that uh, community radio faces in communicating about climate change? Well, I mean, I, I suppose that some of the, uh, the, the challenges will be, you know, familiar regardless of climate change or, or any other. You know, it's about resources and about having, um, you know, people with the time to devote to developing these climate change resources, which is why we're developing a, we hope to develop a training program um, that will involve, you know, some sort of funding for the development of those those resources locally. I mean, uh, so that's probably a, a key challenge. I guess as with anywhere else in Australia or the world, you know, we have, we know that, uh, conservative politics uh, maintain a uh, scepticism about a denial about climate change and its impacts. So knowing that the sector has uh, those politics within it uh, is certainly a, a key challenge. But I think that's not one either that we should shy away from either. Um, so finding ways, and that's why I guess it's important to find ways and to engage with stations about different stories that they will tell about the changes in weather patterns or the changes in flora and fauna um, and that speak to their local expertise um, in ways that help us uh, uh, confront and perhaps overcome, um, hopefully that's a plan, to overcome those challenges so that uh, climate change and its impacks and its risks at risk as long as long alongside its um, you know opportunities uh yeah i was uh, just something that, that that i just discussed you know as a matter of course not something that's sequestered into news and current affairs but it's just you know about part of as bridget said you know these everyday com- um conversations i was just going to ask you uh you do talk about the challenges but there are distinct opportunities ahead as well just uh, give us a little bit of an idea of what, what the opportunities might be. Well, uh, some of the opportunities might be, well, for a start, to um, to build a, another element to our community radio stations, you know, uh, excellent reputation, you know, throughout Australia and, and throughout the world. In those communities where um, community radio undertakes uh, these sorts of, uh, you know, climate change reporting and climate conversations, uh, there are opportunities to bring together, as Community Radio does so well, um, various members of the community to, you know, uh, fashion responses and strategic responses in terms of industry, in terms of preparing families, uh, uh, children, young people, whatever the, uh, the Community Radio focus may well be, um, and and getting them ready for, uh, for climate changes. Uh, so, I mean, so many opportunities to... Uh, bring local people and groups together to uh, to manage your own transition 
you know, manage your own risks, manage your own opportunities and impacts because you know what's going on locally and you're the best placed uh, to have those conversations or begin those conversations and certainly be a part of those conversations. The other thing is, um, and things that um, Bridget has already alluded to, is to be the opportunity to be a, um, a, a resource in times when uh, the more disastrous impacts of climate changes are being felt and to support, you know, communities um, throughout those events. I see that very much as an opportunity also. And that can include um, disaster events, but it might be, um, you know, if you have a, a... We know that heat stress is is is, is the greatest impact of climate, strain, um, climate change at this point in time. So uh, having... Uh, preparing um, particularly elderly people in our community for those uh, heat impacts is a, is, a, is a health opportunity, isn't it? You know, it's an opportunity to, to care for local people. Now, as I understand it, and you've probably uh, mentioned this already, warming up as a project that combines research with very practical outcomes. You mentioned this a little bit just before. One of the things that you want to do is produce a manual for community radio stations. What are you, what are you anticipating putting in such a manual? Well, I would think, and, and Bridget, please feel free to, feel free, feel free to jump in. Um, well, that manual will be about the, the confidence to talk about climate change, where you might find the most re- reliable resources and how to interpret them, um, how to have um, uh, conversations with people about climate change when you're facing somebody who doesn't necessarily, um, who's a climate change denier or deny, science denier and denies the science of climate change, how we might begin to tell those local stories in ways that are uh, effective and impactful locally, uh, these sorts of uh, resources within that training program is, is what I foresee. Bridget, did you have anything else to add there? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely what we're kind of aiming for. But this project is definitely, you know, we see this as being really sector focused and really practical. And we really want the kind of resources we produce to come out of an expressed need from the sector. So it's no good us sitting in our university, you know, typing out a manual. We need to talk to the stations and engage with broadcasters like yourself and find out what you will actually find useful and then develop resources based on that. So it's a bit of a a moving feast, but we've got some ideas to begin with, definitely. Now, finally, have you got any plans? I was thinking of this summer coming up. Have you got any plans to follow and track what the community radio sectors will be doing over the summer in response to climate change in, in the next few months? Well, I'm, we're, well, we're hopeful that we won't have the sort of bushfire season that we had um, last last year or this at the beginning of this year. So certainly should um, events like that, disastrous events, um, happen over the summer, we will certainly be keeping um, a close eye on how the local uh, radio stations are responding. Uh, we're in the La Nina period, so um, probably floods are at the at the fore of my mind and thinking about what we might face over the summer so mm-hmm. we will absolutely be uh following any stations that are uh, in their communities that are impacted by uh any hopefully not disastrous events over the um the, the summer i was just actually the the reason i asked that question is because the the in new south wales they've had a huge heat wave just recently and there have been a number of fires that they've had. And I was just thinking that, wow, if things keep going, may, maybe it's uh, hopefully not as bad as last year, but things will develop over the summer period. 
Yeah, they sure will, John. And um, uh, the, even if it's not something, even if it's not something immediate, you know, we have to think about climate change and its impacts in a in a you know in a time frame that's you know longer than twelve or eighteen months. We are thinking about. I remember working with actually um, uh, a remote Indigenous community in the far north of uh, Australia, and their council there, Woodjul Woodjul Shower Council. I'll give them a shout out because it's great work um, they plan for five generations so the decisions that they undertake in terms of planning for um, climate changes and being an area that's um, been subjected to um, flooding and also rainforest burning um, they make decisions based on five generations and I think the more that we can think about climate changes and its impacts and risks beyond electoral cycles beyond you know elections um, beyond uh, sometimes even beyond lifetimes and think about our for mine our relationship uh, to this earth as being uh, one that extends far beyond our our own life's lifetime um, is a, a useful way of thinking about uh, our responses and our responsibility uh, to communities and to not only human communities but to the you know the the flora and fauna fauna and the you know immense uh and so significant and outstanding australian nature that uh we all as a nation take such pride in that was kerry foxwell norton and bridget buckhouse from griffith university they're the lead organizers and researchers on the warming up project which aims to involve the community radio sector across australia in all aspects of climate change communication. That's all from Communication Mixed Down this week and for this year, back again in 2021 with a mix down of commentary and critique of everything to do with all forms and dimensions of communication. Speak to you then. And as we've been talking at length this week about radio, let's go out with Nancy Griffith. Redillion guides my hands through the radio Where would I be in times like these Without the songs Loretta wrote Cause when you can't find a friend You still got the radio When you can't find a friend You still got the radio The radio Come on me I got a double O-weight 